You're listening to the International Family Church Podcast. Our ministry philosophy can be summed up in one statement. It's not about building a great church. It's about building a great people. We do this through our regular weekend services, life groups to meet throughout the week, and by helping people connect to their God-given purpose. This weekend, we continued our series called A Call to Character. The main takeaway from this series is that God's ultimate goal for your life is not your comfort, but for your character development. Serving at IFC is a great way to do what you love while also developing great character. Whether you're a musician, love working with children, or just want to serve a cup of coffee, there's a place on our dream team just for you. For more information on how to serve on one of our dream teams, go to intlfamilychurch.com. We've recently added a fourth service on Sundays, and we're so excited for the opportunity to reach more people and help them encounter the love of Jesus. Our new service times are Sundays at 8.30, 10 o'clock, 11.30 a.m., and 1 p.m. We look forward to seeing you this weekend. Now here's today's message. We are in part five of a series called A Call to Character. Would you say character? Character. Now we're not talking about like, oh, he's some kind of character. Not like that. We're talking about the character that refines and defines who we are as God's children. And if you haven't watched or been here the last four weeks, you can go to our website, intlfamilychurch.com. For those watching online, you can download the app. You can watch those services. And it's been really even a blessing for me as I've gotten to be a part of speaking. But we've been talking about how do we develop our character? We've been talking about the importance of having fruit in our lives. You know, a long time ago, I made a decision. I don't want to just live. There's a lot of people, man, I'm just happy to be alive. That's a survival mentality. I want a thriving mentality that says, I'm grateful I'm alive, but I want to make a difference with my life. I want to do something with my life. I want something else to to be special about me because God's in me. What I was saying was like, I want some fruit to abound to my account. I want when people say, oh man, he's, he's alive. He's not just alive. He's not just this tree, but man, there's, there's fruit that's evident of something that's working in him. And I challenge you because that's what this is. It's a call to fruitfulness. That's what this message is about. It's a call to, to maturing ourselves. I wrote it this way. Fruit is the distinguishing characteristic of a fully mature believer. How do you know if you're mature? There's fruit on your limbs. Just shake your head like this. That's fruit in your life. There's evidence that you've been with Jesus. In the Acts, Acts 4.13, it says when they captured Peter and Paul, or Peter and John, after they laid hands on the man, do you remember that story? They just got filled with the Holy Ghost. They're fired up and they find this crippled guy. And they lay hands on him. He's instantly healed. And then the, the, the authorities came and grabbed them and questioned them. How'd you do this? Who are y'all? Y'all are just unlearned, ignorant men. That scripture says, but they took note that they had been with Jesus. That's what this is all about. There's about it's about fruit in our lives that tells the story. We've just been hanging out with Jesus. What's different about you? I've just been hanging out with the boss today. That's what the guys at the tattoo shop used to call him. They'd say, uh, you talk to the boss for me? I can talk to the boss for you. You can talk to the boss for yourself. When we're hanging out with the boss, there's fruit that we've been around the boss. Everybody say it, the boss. Let's look at the scripture. Galatians, I'm just going to have fun, all right? Y'all want to have some fun today? Galatians chapter 5, 22. This has been the foundational scripture for this whole series. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, for there is no law against these things. I want to remind you a statement that I said last week. It is the working of the Holy Spirit that produces the fruit. You can't do this on your own. You have to allow your spirit man to partner with the Holy Spirit to do the inner working in you that produces the fruit. It means you got to have the Holy Spirit put something in you that changes your roots. I like to garden and I put miracle grow on my tomatoes. Don't tell nobody. It's my secret. We put miracle grow in the soil before I plant those suckers. So when the roots grow down, I know that the fruits are going to abound. People saw my tomatoes this year. I had these monster tomatoes. They were like this big. And they were like, man, those things look like they're on steroids. And I'm like, yeah, kind (laughs) of. It's called miracle grow. That's what the Holy Spirit does in your life. When you invite him into your life, it's like miracle grow in your spirit. People say, man, there's so much fruit in your life. It's not me. It's what I'm putting on the soil. It's what I'm putting on my roots. It's the Holy Spirit that produces this kind of fruit. Let's look at it out of, out of the Passion Translation. It says, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit and his miracle grow power within you is divine love. Love is the fruit, but there's variations and expressions of that love, which are joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action. We talked about that last week. Today we'll talk about a life full of virtue, a faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. This is what our life should look like to the world. This is the the fruit that should be hanging off of our life limbs when we leave this place that separates us from every other dead tree out there. Listen to this. It's the fruit of the spirit, goodness and faithfulness. That's what we're going to talk about today. Say it with me. Say, goodness. Goodness. Say, you good. I'm good. And I'm faithful. Let's talk about goodness. Look at this. Goodness is a moral characteristic of a spirit-filled life. When we talk about, oh, he's a good man. She's a good woman. He's not a good person. He's not such a... We're speaking to their, their morality. Listen to the way I wrote it here. It's about our morals and our standards. Ultimately, when you talk about goodness, you talk about someone's condition of their heart. For goodness is a true commitment to choosing right over wrong. Goodness is a choice of good over evil. My five-year-old was here in the first service, and we talk a lot lately about good guys and bad guys. Like we got capes that we wear around the house. We play superheroes all the time, and he said, you be the good guy, I'll be the bad guy. I say, I'm tired of being the good guy. I want to be the bad guy. No, you, but we, we argue about this and we play games. And we talk to Hunter, well, what makes someone a good guy versus a bad guy? Let me ask you, what's the difference between a good guy and a bad guy? It's the choices that they make. It's the choices that they make. Diane Toline is an awesome lady in our church here. She wrote a good book on parenting, and it's called How to Raise Children That Make Right Choices. Man, we've lost the art and the conviction of this is who we are. This is the standard for our character is defined by the amount of goodness in our life, by the ability to choose good over evil. By the, let's say it this way. The, the Greek word is uprightness of heart or life. What's goodness? Being upright. 
being upright. Look at this. Agathosune is uprightness of heart in life. Another translation says, it's the goodness for the benefit of others, not goodness for simply being virtuous. Philippians chapter 4, let's look at this scripture. I love this passage. Paul is saying to the church at Philippi, finally, my brothers and sisters, always think about what is true. What's that word always mean? It means always. When is always? It's in the morning. It's in the afternoon. It's at night. It's when people are around. It's when people aren't around. It's when you wake up in the middle of the night, you got crazy thoughts. It's when you feel good. It's when you feel bad. Always think about what is true. When things are going your way, when things aren't going your way, when you feel like you can take on the world, when you feel like you've just been trampled by the world, always think about what is true. Think about what is noble. Think about what is right and what is pure. Think about what is lovely and worthy of respect. For if anything is excellent or worthy of praise, think about those kind of things. What's he saying here? Guard your thoughts. If you want to be good and you want to have the goodness of God as a fruit of the character of God in your life, it begins with the way that you think. It begins with the thoughts that you have. Because here's the thing, your thoughts do what? They lead to how you talk. We think and then we speak. I don't think I'm feeling so good. I don't think I'm feeling so good. All of a sudden, guess what? I ain't feeling so good. Our thoughts about other people, our thoughts about situations, our thoughts about circumstances, our thoughts are the guides for your actions. Your actions are then revealing your character. Paul's saying here, think about good stuff, noble things, right, pure, lovely, things are worthy of respect. For those things that you think about will determine how you act your life and the way that you act shows your character or lack thereof. This is heavy because what it does is it makes us understand that our actions are always a choice. But they don't start with the choice of acting. They start with the choice of where we spend our time and how much energy we let this thing run on its own. I want to challenge you today, as the Lord's been challenging me, take, thought, take every thought captive to the Word. I've said this to you before, and I'll, I'll say it the rest of my life. You allow thoughts to run in your mind. You'll find yourself talking those thoughts, living those thoughts, and then those actions share your character with everybody around you. Take every thought captive. What does that mean? Grab it. Get a hold of it. Let's catch this thing. We had this lizard in our house one time. We're chasing around trying to catch it, and we wanted to release it. I want to catch those thoughts before they run rampant in my house and then release them back to where they came from. Amen. I say it this way. Those are my thoughts. Those are my thoughts. I don't take those thoughts. I'm taking every thought captive because I don't want my actions to follow my thoughts, then my character being defined by how I lived. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 says, Our good works, some people say they're good deeds, they point directly to our Father in heaven. We are good because it glorifies God, our Creator. You know, the only reason that we should have goodness in our life is it displays to others how good our God is. Amen. The life that we live should not tell so much about us, but about how good He is. Amen. When we're good and we choose right and we live by a high standard and, and morals are important to us, 
We separate ourselves and all of a sudden it points to how awesome and good our God is. And then when that happens, people want to be like us. People are open to the message that, that we have to share. Let me ask you this. Are people asking you why you're different? The goodness of God sets the stage and sets the platform for them to receive the goodness of God. I wrote this last night by the the direction of the Holy Ghost, and I'll give it to you today. I didn't put it up here, so just listen. He said, when our lives or when your lives show the goodness of God, you're giving the Holy Spirit room to work on the hearts of those you encounter. In other words, goodness opens the door for repentance. Goodness opens the door for the gospel. Goodness is the difference between life and death for some. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repent. It's the working of the Holy Spirit in us. It's the working of the Holy Spirit in us, refining our character. And then we line our thoughts up with that work and we live our lives out. And all of a sudden our character causes us to stand out from everybody else. And people say, what's different about you? What happened to you? How are you so joyful? How are you so peaceful? How are you doing all this good? And we say, hey man, it ain't me. I'm I'm still kind of broken, still working out my thing, but it's God in me. And they say, I need that. I'll take some of that. And all of a sudden you find people like asking for the gospel. We make this too hard. In the 80s and 90s, we used to hand out tracks. Remember those tracks? They were cheesy cartoons. You'd hand somebody like, here you go, Clint. Here you go. And then you kind of take it and run away, you know? That was a sissy way of testifying of God's goodness. The day and age that we live in, we don't need people to get tracks. We need them to see it on us, hanging off of our life. Like, man, I thought God was bad. I thought God was out to get me. But the way I see it portrayed in your life, it seems like he might be kind of good. And all of a sudden you say, man, you have no idea how good he has been to me and how good he wants to be to you. Goodness opens the door for repentance. Y'all still glad you came? Let's talk about faithfulness for a few minutes. Faithfulness that prevails. See, faithfulness is defined as loyalty, fidelity, and consistency. Look at this. When someone's called faithful, this is what it means. Oh, he's faithful. Andy's faithful. It says, one who is dependable, trustworthy. This is a big one, loyal. One who can be depended upon in all of his relationships and who is absolutely honest and ethical in all of his affairs. When you look at that, does that speak of you? Is this what people would say about you? Josh is dependable. Josh is trustworthy. He's loyal. He can be dependent upon in all of his relationships. Josh is absolutely honest and ethical in all of his affairs. I got to be honest with you. When you put my name in there, I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like, I want this to be in my life, but as of right now, I don't know that everybody that encounters me would say that. What about you? Does it kind of stick you a little bit? All it means is there's still work for the Holy Spirit to do. It just means there's more room in our life that we need to give to to His plan and, and to His will and help us to be more loyal, dependable, honest, and ethical. See, the truth is this fruit shows up every day. Or it's evident that this fruit is not a part of your life every day. I've been dealing with the the different fruits we've been talking about. I just say it this way. I think this may be the hardest one for me. 
because this is the one that takes the most work. This one, kindness is easy for me. <laughs> like, that's easy. I, that's just part of who I am. But, but all this stuff, like, man, this, this is really going to take a, an inner working of the Holy Spirit because here's the thing. This is evident whether you got it or you don't. When you show up in the break room, are people saying that you're dependable? When you're at work and they say, man, we got this special project. We need the best of the best. We need someone that we can really count on. Where's your name on that list? Are you the number one employee they would pick? Or are you way down the list because maybe you haven't been so dependable? As Christians, our name should be at the top of the list. As Christians, we should be the first pick. Let me ask you this. On your job, would they say you're dependable or would they say, I don't know about picking him, man. Can't really depend on him. He don't show up on time. He leaves early. Or would they say, man, he's early, stays late. He's dependable. Let's give him the raise. How about this one? Would your family say that you're faithful? Can they trust you? Can they share things with you that they wouldn't want to share with anybody else and know that you're a steel trap and you would hold those things tight? Can they trust their insecurities with you to be honest and vulnerable? It's got quiet in here now. How about your friends? This is a great way to check the fruit of faithfulness. Would your friends call you loyal or would they call you fair weather? I went through a series of events about 10 years ago that were just craziness in my life, a lot of stuff going on. And in one day I found out who my true friends were and who was just there along for the ride. My phone stopped ringing. People stopped calling to check on me. I'm like, anybody knows the hell I'm going through right now? I feel like I'm in hell. And nobody around. I look around. Where's my loyal, dependable, trustworthy, loyal, honest, and ethical friends? Where's everybody at? They're, they're gone. And I found out in a moment's time, based on that situation, they weren't really my friends. And then all of a sudden, my phone rang from somebody I hadn't talked to in a long time. And he said, hey, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. I know what you're going through. I'm with you. I'm for you. You got the good. You're going to make it. Whatever you need, you call me. Amen. And I thought, well, thank you. I ain't talked to you in a long time. Thank you so much. You have no idea how, that means, how much that means to me. And then he called back the next month. And said, I just want to let you know, I know what you're going through. I'm with you. I'm for you. You got the goods. I believe in you. You're going to make it. Don't quit. Don't give up. I was like, thanks for the call, man. You have no idea. This is craziness going on. Nobody else is calling, but you're calling. And the next month he called, and the next month he called, and the next month he called, and every month he called. For a year, every month, it was the same thing. You got the goods. You're going to make it. Don't quit. You can count on me. I'm here for you. I'm in your corner. I believe in you. 12 months turned into nine years, almost 10 years. That same man has called me every single month. Just to tell me, I believe in you. I'm never going to quit on you. Whatever you need, I'm in your corner. I'm fighting for you. You got the goods. Keep on. God's doing something in your life. I was, September, I was inviting that man to be a part of our leadership conference that we did, our, our lead round table, and his wife and, his, and, and him came and visited here, and I was so pumped to be able to say, this is one of the most loyal friends I've ever had in my life, Pastor he said, what makes him loyal? I said, this man called me every single month for the last nine years when people I've known for 25 years walked away. Amen. Let me ask you this. Would that be said of you? When tough times go on around you, do you allow them to affect you and you distance yourself from people like, hey man, sound like you got a lot going on. I don't want that rubbing off on me. Or the, do you do what Jesus did that says he waded right in and he took on the troubles of the troubled? That's a loyal, faithful friend, not one that walks away, not one that says, oh man, I don't know, oh, be careful. 
But one that says, man, I'm taking two steps towards you, that's loyalty. How about this one? When our finances are concerned, I'll just look right here, I won't look at you. But are you faithful in your finances? Are you honest and ethical in how you use and spend your money? It's a fruit of the Spirit. People who are faithful, not only are they good, they do their duty and they keep their word. See, the faithfulness that we are to exhibit is to be a representation of God's faithfulness in our life. People watch how we treat each other. They watch how we act. They watch how we spend our money and what we spend our money on. They, they understand all this stuff. And based on that, they are getting their view of how good God is and how faithful he is. I told teenagers for years as a student pastor, I said, Jesus is not playing football on your high school team this year. Jesus ain't doing the pom-pom cheerleading thing on the cheerleading squad, but you are. Let me ask you this. How well are you representing Jesus on your campus? You know, I'm one of those guys that I'm done praying for revival. I just want to be who he's called me to be and revival will follow me. When you live a good life and when you live a faithful life, people will ask you about that and all of a sudden you get to testify of God's goodness. That's revival. And what happens is when every single one of us makes a decision that we're going to set the standard a little bit higher in our goodness and in our faithfulness, all of a sudden we find ourselves going to four services because there's not room enough to receive all the people that want to repent and get their lives right with Jesus. That's revival. Faithfulness is a picture of who God is. See, my God, he's absolutely true. 100% honest. Psalms 145, 13 says, the Lord is faithful to all his promises. What does that mean? It means this, God does what he says he will do. He doesn't fudge the truth. He doesn't round the facts. It's all truth. Go, go look at it. Psalm 145. I was in there early this morning, five o'clock this morning, opened up my message Bible. The whole chapter is about how faithful he's been and how faithful he is and how faithful he's going to be. Listen, faithfulness isn't a one-time act. It's yesterday, today, and forever. It's never changing. Let me ask you, is that how people would define you? Steady, unmovable, focused, and loyal. Hebrews 13, 8, one of my favorite scriptures. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, past, present, and future. The God we serve was faithful in your past. He's faithful right now, today, in this moment. And based on the past and the present, you can predict the future. He's going to be faithful tomorrow. Look at this scripture and I'll wrap this up. God wants us to be reliable. God wants us to be faithful. He wants us to be absolutely honest, steady, and unchanging. We wrap this up with Matthew 25. Love this story because it depicts goodness and faithfulness. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. And he called together his servants and he entrusted money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and then one to another, to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. And then he left on his trip. And the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money, and he earned five more. And the servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver 
dug a hole in the ground and he hid his master's money. But after a long time, their master returned from his trip and he called them to give an account of how they had used his money. And the servant to whom he had given entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags. I invested it and I've, in, I've earned five more. Look at this. This is important. The master was full of praise. Well done, my, Good. say it with me, my, Good. and, My good and faithful servant, you have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I'm going to give you more, more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant had received the two bags of silver, came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. And the master said, Well done, my, my good and faithful servant. For you've been faithful in handling the small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. And then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew. I knew you were harsh or hard man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid. I was fearful that I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops that I didn't plant and gathered crops that I didn't cultivate, why didn't you just deposit my money in the bank? At least, at least then I would have gotten some interest on it. And he ordered the man to be taken away. Take the, man, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. That's me and you. Say, that's me. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useful servant into outer darkness. Think about your life right now just for a moment. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance but from those who do nothing, even with the little they have, will be taken away. Let me give you a few statements as takeaways today. Number one is this. Faithfulness is the key to promotion. I'm climbing this ladder, Pastor Man. I'm climbing this ladder. You can climb all you want, but until you're faithful, promotion is going to be delayed. I'm working, I'm grinding, I'm hustling. No amount of hustle, no amount of grind, no amount of sweat, no amount of energy. Showing up, staying late is faithfulness and that draws recognition from those around you. Faithfulness is the key to being promoted in any area of your life. Faithfulness is also the key to greater blessings. I pray for people all the time. Just pray that, I, that he'll bless me more. Have you been faithful with the little blessing he's given you? Well, I just need more blessing. I need more money. I need more friends. I need more joy. Let me ask you, what are you doing with the little he's given you? The two friends you got, are you faithful to them? The little amount of money you've been holding on to, are you faithful with that? With the calling and the giftings and the talents and the anointings that reside on the inside of us. I just wish I had the anointing of Pastor Jonathan. That came from 38 years of faithfulness. 
What a great example we have in our church and our pastors of faithful, loyal, steady, unmovable people. I want to be like them. Do what they did. Be faithful to the little you've been given. And guess what? You won't have room enough. The Bible says that the windows of heaven will open up and pour out a blessing. You won't have room enough to take it and hold it. You want to be blessed? Be faithful. Faithfulness is the key to getting the attention of those around you. Well, man, if I could just meet so-and-so, if I could just give them my book, if I could just put my business card in there, if I could just shake their hand, if I could just get to be on their podcast, if I could just be in their meeting and be in the green room. Nonsense. Nobody cares about your business card. Nobody cares about your book. Nobody cares about your handshake or how good you talk. You know what they want to know? Is this a man or woman, a kid, a teenager, a young adult that's faithful? Because here's the thing. Faithfulness opens doors that no book or business card could ever open for you. Faithfulness opens the door and you find yourself in a room sitting at a table you don't belong at. People say, who's he? How did he get at this table? I have no idea how I got here. But somebody invited me and this is my seat. Back up, Jack. That is the favor of God. But faithfulness precedes favor. Man, I'm telling you right now, if you're a businessman, get a hold of this. Be faithful with the little employees you got. And faithful with the little resources you have. I just wish I had greater influence. Are you being faithful with the little influence you have right now? Oh man, God's speaking to somebody. Faithfulness is rare. It's hard to find. Because everybody wants it quick. They want to jump the ladder instead of doing the plan of God. It's the steps of a righteous man that are faithfully ordered. Are you being faithful? Listen, as Christ followers, the fruit that's hanging off our lives ought to share of how awesome, how good and faithful the God that we serve is. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, let me give you some homework because I feel like there's some practical takeaways that you need to talk about, pray about, write about in your quiet time this week. Let me ask you a couple questions. What are you thinking about? What's absorbing your thought life? Is it thoughts of sickness, destruction, pain, hurt? Is it thoughts of the past or is it thoughts of the future? Is it good thoughts or bad thoughts? Are they evil thoughts or moral thoughts? Are they clean and pure thoughts or are they sick and twisted thoughts? Because so far, where your thoughts go, they lay the track for your actions to run on. What are you thinking about? The second question is, what are you spending your time looking at? In the digital age where all of our free time is hooked up to a cell phone, an iPad, a TV, or a computer. Let me ask you, what are you allowing in your eye gates? Because your eyes are receiving things that are transforming your thoughts into behaviors and actions that define your character. There's the third question. Listen to me. Ask this to yourself this week. Who am I spending time with? Are they good people or bad people? Upright or evil people? Bible says it very clearly. Bad company corrupts good morals. You can have the greatest intentions and make the best choices, but the company you keep defines the character of your life. 
Are there people you need to separate from because they've chosen to live a different life, an unmoral life, an unclean life, an unpure life? Back away from them and step towards God. Are there areas you need to reevaluate in your faithfulness, like how faithful am I as a husband? How faithful and loyal as a father, as a friend, as a wife, as a boss, as a co-worker? Can people trust me? Maybe today there was one area that really stuck out to you more than others. My question would be, how can you be more intentional about processing that fruit to perfection? Because when all of a sudden, when we've worked all this stuff out, fruit just starts shooting off our life. When we've revived our character and allowed the Holy Spirit to do a work in us, I can tell you this, you won't have to produce fruit or try. It just comes naturally. And people will take notice. And in that moment they take notice, the platform and the stage has been set for you to present the gospel. That's what I want to do right now. The gospel is this. God was so good to you that he gave Jesus his one and only son the greatest gift he could ever give. Gave him for you. He's been so faithful to us when we've been screwing around and doing our own thing. He stayed the same. He's the friend that never leaves. The Bible says he'll stick closer than a brother. When you've even made so many choices that you've run everybody off in your life, he's still there. And this morning, he wants you to know he's standing right there with you today, knocking at the door of your heart saying, you can do this. I'm for you. I believe in you. You've got the goods. Don't quit. Don't give up. I'm going to show my faithfulness to you. If you're here today and you say, man, I need that in my life. I need, I need that kind of relationship, man. I, I I've been doing this myself. I've been doing it my own way. I need help. I need Jesus in my life. Would you raise your hand right where you stand? Right where you sit, just raise your hand. Say, pray for me, pastor. I need a fresh start. Yes, ma'am, I see you. Yes, ma'am, I see you. All across this auditorium, just raise your hand. Say, pray for me. I need a fresh start. Yes, sir. You can experience the goodness of God. Yes, ma'am, I see you. You can experience the faithfulness of God Almighty, the great I am. Yes, ma'am, anybody else? Say, pray for me. I need Jesus in my life. I I need to make a choice today. I need to choose right things today. I need Jesus. Maybe you're online. You're watching this in your car on vacation. Lord is speaking to you. We're going to pray this prayer in just a moment. I ask you to pray it with us. Anybody else, man? In every service, we've had lots of people saying, today's my day. I'm, I'm choosing Jesus. I'm choosing faithfulness. I'm choosing goodness. Anybody else say, pray for me. you do this with me, whether you're online or whether you're right here in this auditorium, just pray this out loud. Say, Father God, come on now, say it like you mean it. Pray right out of your soul. Say, Father God, I recognize your goodness, your faithfulness. Thank you for thinking of me. Thank you for sending Jesus. I believe that he died for me. You resurrected him for me so I could have that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead alive and active in my life right now. Today, I choose you. Jesus, be my Lord. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. 
Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find out our service times, or how you can get involved, please visit intlfamilychurch.com for more information. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.